everyone. I'm Juliette. And I'm Caitlin. And welcome back to Love Stories Radio. This is a podcast where we answer all your wedding questions, those that you sent us and those that you didn't. And if you're listening to this podcast for the first time, I have a hunch you're here because you're planning your wedding or you're in a wedding and you want to know the answers to questions that everyone else is thinking or maybe that you haven't even thought of yet. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to give a few pointers on the other episodes to listen to if you're new here. If you're agonizing over your wedding hashtag, listen to episode 21 where we talk to an entrepreneur who literally made a business out of coming up with hashtags for couples' weddings. And if you're a first-time bridesmaid, episode 11 has answers to all those awkward questions around money and bachelorette parties that you are too afraid to ask the bride. So if you have a question that you want answered on an upcoming episode, you can email it to questions at lovestoriestv.com. You can DM us on Instagram at lovestoriestv, or you can pose it in our Slack group for brides and wedding pros, which you can join by going to bit.ly slash lstvslack. And if you have feedback about one of our answers, because we all know you guys have opinions about this stuff too, we want to hear from you. You can share your thoughts and feelings with us on those same channels. This week, we're discussing some very important wedding questions like, what's the best bridal subscription box? We have an answer. It's called the ring box. We can't wait to tell you about it. Do I actually need a wedding video? What are your best dessert bar tips? And more. So let's get started. Okay, the first question we got was from Facebook, and someone is asking, what are the best bridal box subscriptions? Help! Luckily, you've come to the right place. We know a lot about boxes in general and subscriptions, Um, but our friends at the Ring Boxes are really kind of the leaders in subscription boxes for brides-to-be, and we have... A lot of them in the office, Caitlin and I just unboxed one called the Bride-to-Be Box that is really great. It has a ring dish, a cute mug that says off the market, a really nice t-shirt that says girlfriend crossed out, Beyonce underneath, and other goodies. Um, So it's really great for any bride-to-be. Weddings can become really stressful, as you know, and the ring boxes provides a really fun way to enjoy being engaged because that's what it should be about. So um, they also have boxes like an I Said Yes box, a bridal shower box, a big day essentials box, even a honeymooners box. So if you visit theringboxes.com, you can subscribe for your ring box. It's really easy. They offer three, six, and nine-month subscription options. They can be shipped worldwide. They also offer a special subscription box for lesbian brides because hashtag love is love, y'all. And just for Love Stories Radio listeners, you can get 30% off your first box with code LSTV30. Just head over to theringboxes.com. Yay, I want one right now. (laughs) Okay, cool. Well, our next question is also from Facebook, and here, here we go. Is anyone doing a veil and flowers in your hair? If so, do you have pictures? Is it too much? I think I want to do this since I only want to wear my veil for the ceremony, and I don't feel like have some decoration in my hair after I take it out. I love both veils and flowers. So of course, I'm going to recommend you combine them. (laughs) Do what makes your heart happy. And I feel like we've actually seen a lot of these really like boho style veil and flower crown combos on our site. And it looks really great. Um, It looks beautiful. I think you should do it. So 
I people can go to search to lovestoriestv.com and search boho bridal style and you'll just go down a rabbit hole of lots of ideas and options for your wedding. Yeah, our boho bridal hub has recently been updated with a bunch of it, um, boho videos. And so I actually went down this rabbit hole yesterday and watched like an hour of boho videos. <laughs> yeah. Also, I really, I could see, like, I'm picturing in my mind this sort of floral combination with, like, something really dainty and pretty, like a baby's breath and maybe, like, another little pop of color, like wildflowers. Like, I totally am seeing that. I saw a really good one the other day that was, like, a half-up hairstyle, and then in the um, the top section is, like, where they added the flowers, so it really was, like, a crown. Um, and it was really like natural and pretty and I think just like it didn't feel like too much like I feel like in this question like she's wondering if it's going to be like over the top and it did not look over the top yeah and I feel like it's like a a twist on the flower crown you know and something that's like a bit more whimsical than just wearing a veil yeah so love it we support it (laughs) okay next person is asking My fiancé finally decided on who he wants for his half of the wedding party. We don't know what to do to ask them to be in the wedding, though. All the ideas I found on Pinterest have to do with alcohol or cigars, but we're not fans of those. His best man very rarely drinks and doesn't smoke. His one groomsman, his brother, does drink a lot and smokes, but like I previously said, we don't want to give them alcohol or cigars to ask. The third will be a groom's woman, so mainly ideas, manly ideas won't work for her. We're not wanting to do big gifts to ask because the big gifts will be given the day before the wedding. So she basically wants to know, like, what is the equivalent of a bridesmaid's proposal for her, for her guy and his guys? Yeah, I sort of, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like if you're giving like a really special gift um, on the day of the wedding, like... It probably doesn't – you don't might not even have to go all out for, like, the ask. Like, mm-hmm. you could just do, like, a really thoughtful card even and then save your money or your, like, really amazing idea for that bigger gift that you want to give on the day of the wedding. Um, yeah. My boyfriend actually – for, like, his – I think that's what – yeah. Okay, so my boyfriend was recently um, a best man and – they kind of did this, like he was asked just like in a very chill way. I can't remember. They might have just even been like a text. And then um, everyone got like really nice gifts on the day of the wedding. And his was um, a watch. They all got watches. And his was like a little, it was like a little different. I think the band was different than the other um, groomsmen bands. So it was like kind of special. Yeah. And I thought that was really sweet. And like, I don't, I really don't think he cared that he didn't get like a special <laughs> gift. <laughs> I feel like for straight men, this is a generalization, but for straight men, especially you don't have to do anything special to ask them to be your groomsman. <laughs> like to your point, a text will suffice. Maybe you call them on the phone. Yeah. Um, but I do think this brings up an interesting point. The fact that like the the culture just still perpetuates this idea that like all guys want is like, you know, a flask and something to smoke out of. (laughs) Like we got to do better to come up with like more interesting gifts to give our groomsmen. (laughs) I'm just putting it out there. If anyone has any brilliant ideas, uh, maybe we can take it to Shark Tank. (laughs) But yeah, I think just a, a nice card, a phone call, and you can save your, 
sort of grander gesture for the big day and do something like a watch. Totally agree. Okay. So our next question um, is from Facebook and this person is asking, my fiance and I decided to have an all black affair as the theme for our wedding, meaning all guests must wear black with the expectation or with the exception of their jewelry and shoes. Our colors are black, white, and silver. My bridesmaids are even in black. We made the dress code very clear on the invitations that no one would be allowed to enter without an RSVP and all black. Our hostess will be turning people away who did not abide by our request. I think that's fine. However, some people think we should relax the dress code. What do you all think? What? Names or dress codes for your wedding? I mean, I definitely think the dress code thing is common. You definitely see people doing like an all white wedding or a like like this um, bride to be an all black wedding. Um, don't turn people away who don't abide by your request. That's, like, that's bridezilla i I'm sorry, I'm gonna yeah, say it. Does, it is bridezilla and like I guess if you do that, then you just have to take on you know knowing that your person, this person you got turned away, might be really sad to miss out on your day, and you might like ruin that relationship, and that's on you. Yeah, I know that you're sending out this you know request, but the fact is like maybe someone doesn't. Um, have it, the money in their budget to buy a nice new outfit specifically for your wedding. And so it's possible that you're turning people away who don't, you know, maybe have the means to abide by that request. So I think it's, yeah. I'm all for some like guidance and a theme, but I think you're taking it one step too far when you sort of like put the kibosh on people who like aren't wearing what you want them to wear. Like I've been to black tie, like very formal weddings. And like, there's always one (laughs) uncle who shows up in like an American flag suit. So like, you just have to deal with it. Like, but I think you, you know, you can be as explicit as you want and you're invited on the wedding website and all of that. But I just don't think you should burn those bridges for someone who isn't wearing black to your wedding. Yeah, agree. Okay, next question. So my fiance is upset that I'm not including his 13-year-old daughter, who is one of my bridesmaids, on my bachelorette weekend. We're traveling two hours from home and meeting in a small river town with wineries and booked a loft for the weekend. I just don't feel a bachelorette party is an appropriate setting for a minor. She can't come to the wineries. She would be away. She would be hours away from her biological parents and will be the only child with a group of women having girl talk about her dad. I mean, I'm an older bride, so the bachelorette party will be low-key, but still not appropriate for a 13-year-old in my mind. My suggestion was to have a bridesmaid's dinner the weekend of my bridal shower, since most of them will be in town for that, but he didn't feel that was an acceptable compromise and that it was too much of an afterthought, even though it was my original plan. If not, everyone would be there. He feels that I should have included her in some way during the bachelorette party, since he is having his seven-year-old son be involved in part of his bachelor party. I'm not sure what to do because things have been are have already been booked, so we can't change the location, nor do I really want to because I was looking forward to the weekend. Am I being unreasonable for saying she can be a part of everything except that? Ooh, this is a very good question. Yeah. I think your fiance is being a little unreasonable. Like it's a it's your bachelorette party and I think to like bring it back even you know, a couple more steps. 
like having her, I don't, I don't know how it was communicated to her, but 13 years old is pretty young. Like junior bridesmaid makes a lot of sense, but I don't think there's expectations that like junior bridesmaids are going to your bachelorette party or involved in like all of the more adult things that go along with that. Um, I think that it was really nice of you to want to have a separate dinner or something um, to still involve her. But I feel like I feel like there's a little bit of like, you know, an unreasonable approach coming from your fiance. Yeah, I agree. Um, I this like I definitely relate to this because I actually went to my mom's wedding. She got married when I was 10. Aww. And so for she like for her, I went to like part of the bachelorette, which was literally just going to get manicures with her and her friends. And that was, like, so fun, and I loved being a part of that, but I didn't need to be a part of, like, everything, and I was just happy to, like, hang out with my mom and her friends, and I sort of feel like it's possible that this girl, like, does she even want to be at this bachelorette party? Like, (laughs) probably she just wants to, like, hang out and, like, eat cake and, like, I don't know, paint her nails. Like, who knows? (laughs) Who knows that this winery is even something that she wants to do, and I think it is unreasonable to, like, expect that, um you know, they make accommodations when really this is about, you know, her celebrating with her friends, I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wonder if there's now I'm just thinking about solutions. I wonder if there's like, uh, an older teenage, like, cousin or niece or something, who can come along with you for like the bachelorette party and like babysit her basically when you guys are at the wineries. So she can be there and still be like, you know, a part of some of the fun that weekend, but you don't have to worry about her like being there the whole time. It still wouldn't solve the solution of like girl talk about her dad, (laughs) but like maybe they, I'm sure it sounds like there's, you know, things to do if it's a small river town, like going on the river, like taking a hike or something, like maybe they can just plan to do stuff while you're, while you have your like real adult bachelorette time. Um, I'm also curious about how he's incorporating his seven-year-old son in his bachelor party. Oh, I know. That's, it, that seems tough. <laughs> but yeah, if you can bring someone to act as kind of a babysitter for her, like if your fiance's really insistent on that, I feel like that would be a solution. But also just try and talk to him and be like, listen, like everything is already taken care of. Like this was meant to be an adult weekend and she's, you know, in, involved in every other aspect of it, right. but just kind of dig a little deeper to understand what his concern is. Right. Um, and to just like talking to this girl. Cause like, who knows, maybe she doesn't even want to be involved in this winery aspect of it. And then your problem is solved. <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay. So next question. Okay. She says, hello, we're recently engaged as of August 27th of last year. We've been having a hard time choosing a date. I think it's partly because we both come from large families. And to be honest, I'm not a big people person. Do any of you ladies have experience in small ceremonies or any advice? Thanks in advance. Um, Okay, so I feel like her question is that she's like having a hard time choosing a date because she doesn't want a big wedding. Um, and I guess like one suggestion I would have is doing a destination wedding because I- run away from your problem. Run away from your problem. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> destination wedding automatically cuts down your list because yeah. unless unless like so my friend got married in Iceland last year 
and she kind of was like expecting that there would be a big drop off in people like they invited you know more people kind of as like a courtesy I mean they wanted them there but they knew that it was going to be smaller or they assumed it would be smaller because it was a destination wedding and they actually had more people come because like everyone wants to go to Iceland <laughs> so at one point they were like uh we gotta like figure out how to fit more people in here so that is like you know one thing I think just like know your audience maybe if you've like your family and they don't travel as much like you would be fine with the destination thing but also I feel like just being open and honest with your family and friends like we want to have a small wedding because it feels most um like who we are as a couple like people will definitely understand like I don't think anyone would you know fault you for not having a big wedding um just because you like have a small and intimate affair and like tons of people do that yeah I think also I mean I think Lauren Chan, her wedding was super small mm-hmm. and she was saying something about how it was like immediate family and then like, you know, select friends or something. You probably know more than me, but she sort of had a good rule of thumb that um, made it feel like people understood why she was having a small wedding. Yeah, it was definitely super small. And she, I think it was like her closest friends from home. And I think they each had like, maybe three or four friends and the rest was immediate family. And then she invited more people to like her bachelorette party. Yeah. So that's like one way to do it too, for sure. And also my friend who got married in Iceland, she actually had like three weddings. (laughs) So a lot of her um, extended family and his extended family weren't going to be able to travel to Iceland. So they did like a smaller sort of ceremony in um, New York that and then they they like got married at the courthouse and had like immediate family there. So like there's ways that you can sort of incorporate all of those other people if you have a big family and don't want them to necessarily be a part of like the big big day. Yeah, that's smart. Okay, next question. Ooh, a bridesmaid's question. Let's get into it. Okay, anyone have issues with their bridesmaids not getting along as well as one keep threatening to drop out because you are having all the bridal party buy their own dresses and suits and you are not providing lodging for them the night before and night of the wedding. By the way, my wedding is 30 minutes from where we live. Also, the same one used to be friends with my maid of honor, but that relationship broke down and not everything is, and now everything is just awkward and they don't get along and won't talk, so I can't even get help from them unless it is done separately. I'm torn apart on this. Part of me wants to include her. Part of me is ready to say, if you're going to drop out, just drop out. I'm tired of of that being threatened every three couple of weeks. Her significant other is also a groomsman. So if she drops out, he drops out too. We have a tight budget for a wedding and I'm already working two jobs to pay for it all. Everyone else in our bridal party doesn't have an issue getting their own dress and suit. And the hotel is optional as it is next door to the venue, but we all live close by, so it is not a requirement. What are your thoughts? Oh, boy. I'm sorry that you are dealing with this. Um, This is really hard when there is like, you know, one or two people who are kind of being the outliers and making things more difficult. Um, I think those threats by your bridesmaid to drop out of the wedding is so uncalled for. And I kind of feel like, I mean, weddings force people to sometimes make hard decisions about friendships, like for better or for worse. I hope that you can get past this, but it's your friend is being really unreasonable. And 
uh, it's causing a lot you a lot of stress. And I don't think that that is something that you should have to deal with as you're planning your wedding. It seems like, you know, you're making things, nothing is a requirement. You're having the wedding really close to where you live. So I sort of feel like do what you can, of course, to save the relationship and talk to her reasonably. But like threatening to drop out of the wedding is just, that is kind of manipulative and not okay. So if it gets to that point, then I feel like you just have to realize like maybe this friend isn't worth it after all. Like if she's acting like this during your wedding. It might be time to Marie Kondo the relationship. Yeah. Does she spark joy? (laughs) I mean, yeah, I totally agree. And I think that, you know, asking your bridal party to pay for their clothing, that's pretty normal. Um, Obviously, everyone knows that weddings can be a lot of money, but that's a really, I think, typical request. Um, and same thing with the hotel. Like if you don't want to stay in the hotel, obviously just stay at home because it's really close. Like those feel really normal. And like, if she's, you know, being challenging about this, I think it's worth talking to her about it and trying to save what you can, but like, it's your wedding day. You should be happy and you should be worrying about, um, you know, making your friend happy at all costs. So, yeah, I'm sorry. That is hard. Yeah. Okay. How much is too much to ask people to spend on wedding gifts? I'm trying to put together my registry and I'm just not sure what to deem too expensive. We've got average families. Nobody's too wealthy. Help, please. Yeah. I mean, I guess the question is like, is it crazy to put like a thousand dollar couch or something on your registry? Um, I mean, well, with registries like Zola, you can you can have group gifts. So I think how it works is like if you have a high ticket item, like a thousand dollar couch or something, or even like a honeymoon, people can contribute to it um, for something that is kind of, you know, like an experience. I think you can contribute how much you want to that. And so it goes into like a fund. And then for something like you can even put do like soul cycle classes on Zola, which is kind of awesome. Um, you can decide like, how many people to split it up between. But I think like, I don't know. I always go with the like average, of course it like totally depends on what your means are, but I think like the traditional sort of um, spend per person for a wedding gift is around like 75 to 100 and maybe even up to like 150, 200 for if you have like a plus one coming with you. Um, but that is just like tradition and it's totally dependent on like your like comfortability and relationship with that person and your like financial means. Um, but you can also like on registries, you can cert- you can filter by costs and price points. So I think having a wide range of options um, is just really helpful for people. So you can have like, you know, a couple of a, a set of dish towels that is less expensive, but you can also have a really high ticket item that people can all kind of contribute to. Yeah, as long as not everything on your registry is like that $1,000 couch, then like you're good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like maybe have one or two of those things just as sort of like a, if you really want it. But um, I think keeping things in the that sort of range of like what you would spend as an individual and a couple is, is a good way to think about it. Smart. Okay. 
Ooh, dessert bar. Is anyone planning on having a dessert bar instead of the traditional giant cake? And would you be keen to explain how you've organized it? When is it set up and brought out? Um, I've got, I just got a quote for a basic $900 dessert bar. Hell no. Now I've half convinced myself I can DIY it. Has anyone done this? Am I losing my marbles a bit too much? To answer the first part of the question, I love a dessert bar. I love like creative, thoughtful presentation of food in general at a wedding. But like, who doesn't love a dessert bar? (laughs) That said, I don't know. I mean, a traditional cake, I feel like people still want to see the cake cutting. I don't Or maybe that's just me. But maybe it's like, you have a like tier of cupcakes instead of a regular cake. And like the presentation is really cool. Um, but I've also seen like at really sort of over the top weddings, you have the regular cake. And then there's, I've been to a wedding where there's an entire room full of desserts <laughs> and you can just kind of like go up to the chocolate fondue station. And that's pretty amazing. Um, but I think that was, that came at like the end of the night. It was sort of like a late night dessert bar. Um, I think they usually come out at like traditionally, if you're going to have one after, after the cake at the end of the night. And to answer her second question about DIYing it, I would not suggest that unless you are really gung ho about it, because I don't know if you would want to be stressing about that, like in the days leading up to you getting married. Um, one of my friends did a dessert bar at her winery wedding. Um, and it was so cute and well done. And she actually had her grandma make her famous pumpkin bar recipe. Um, and so so good. So amazing. But apparently it was like intense work. (laughs) Grammy spent a lot of time putting those bars together. And I just feel like, um, it were, I mean, it was great because obviously Robin didn't have to do that, but like, I mean, I think if you can have your family help, that would be great. If you, I don't know if I would recommend doing it if you're the bride. It just feels like yeah. a lot of work to put that on. You can use your time a bit more wisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you're like a baker and that's like your thing, then like go for it. But, you know. Also like do a little more digging and get some more quotes because like a $900 dessert bar feels like a lot. Um, but you could do something like a, a cupcake like – tiered stand or even like a donut wall or something um and maybe you could DIY it if it's like one dessert that just has like a thoughtful presentation to it but I don't know if it's worth your like time and energy to do that yeah okay last question this is actually a question that we love talking about so I'm happy it's on this list has anyone decided not to do videography I'm contemplating putting it um in oh in the bucket bucket I'm scared I'll regret it it's like can I say that on this podcast I'm not sure yeah <laughs> we might have like a clean lyrics thing on our podcast I don't know but regardless we might have to change that the F it bucket <laughs> um, we always say at love stories tv to never skip the video because it's such um an amazing thing that you'll have for years to come to look back on. A lot of people actually like Zola just released um, a survey and videography was the number one thing that couples regretted not spending their money on. So yeah. So our CEO, Rachel 
that is the thing. It, she did not have a wedding video and she started a wedding video company. So she always talks about how it's the one thing she regrets from her wedding. It was like the best day of her life, but not having the video to look back on, not being able to watch those speeches and the vows and the epic like flash mob that happened at her wedding was her biggest regret. So, and I hear that from like every couple I talk to, like friends or otherwise who didn't have it at their wedding, that's the one thing that they regret. There's just like, you can't capture that with photos. You can't capture like the emotion and like the feeling and the movement and the venue and the speeches. Like I would highly, highly, highly recommend to do videography. We have such an amazing um, library full of wedding videos that will definitely convince you to get them. and also, I am going to add in some one, I'm going to get off my soapbox in a second, but I have to add one more thing. Uh, so my brother is getting married next year. And actually, Caitlin was with me in LA and I was showing that we were showing them some of our most popular wedding videos on love stories. And my brother is a video editor for his profession. And he was kind of like, eh, I don't know, like, I want to be in charge of like the creative direction of my wedding. Like... I don't know about this wedding video thing. And I was like, first of all, that's rude. <laughs> Second of all, let me just sit down and show you some of these amazing videos. So we showed him Matthew and Zainab's wedding, which takes place in Antigua, Guatemala. And it's shot by um, the brothers Martin. And he was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm watching a movie. And I was like, yes, I know. This is what I'm trying to be telling you. And they were watching it and their jaws were like on the floor. He convinced them not only to like definitely get a videographer, but also to have their wedding in Guatemala. And his fiance is Guatemalan, so it makes a lot of sense. But like they weren't thinking about a destination wedding before that. And watching Love Stories TV videos has totally converted them on both a destination wedding and a videographer. So My brother is the biggest success story of Love Stories. Oh, what a case study. <laughs> such a good point. Like, I think what people think of when they think of a videographer coming to their wedding is, like, this this person with, like, this huge camera on their shoulder, and they're, like, getting in the way of everything, and the video is just, like, you know, something from, like, the 90s, but that is not what videography is today. It's not what wedding videos are today. Um, they're really special. They feel like a movie, like your brother said. Um, and it's, you, it's just like a photographer. You're not going to know that they're, um, you're going to feel like they're not even, you know, in your face. Like it's something you need and the experience is so much better than what it was before. So do it, just do it. (laughs) Figure out in your budget things that you can cut because it's, you will not regret it. You will, you will regret not having it, but you won't regret having a wedding video. That's it for this week's episode. Remember to everyone listening out there, if you have a question you want answered on an upcoming episode, you can email it to questions at lovestoriestv.com, DM us on Instagram at lovestoriestv, or post it in our Slack group for brides and pros, which you can join at bit.ly slash LSTV Slack. Have feedback about one of our answers? We definitely want to hear from you. You can share your thoughts and feelings on the same channels. And shout out to our friends at The Ring Boxes for being the best subscription box for any bride-to-be. You can follow The Ring Boxes on Instagram at The Ring Boxes, and you can get 30% off your first box with code LSTV30 when you head to theringboxes.com. Don't 
don't forget to subscribe to Love Stories Radio and leave us a review on iTunes. We love when people say nice things about us, obviously, and it helps us to find other wedding lovers out there who want to discover our show. And last but not least, are you a wedding pro? Email loveclub at lovestoriestv.com to get more info about how you can join the Love Club, which is our partner program for wedding pros. We help wedding pros build their brand and connect with a, connect them with a pipeline of customers on lovestoriestv.com and on our marketing channels, leveraging both the real wedding videos that feature their work and original content. If you want to learn more, don't forget to email us uh, don't forget to email us at loveclub at lovestoriestv.com. That's it. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.